on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and i love that old cross where the dearest and best for the lost of sinners was laid. this is winnie wilkinson She's originally from Jamaica, but she spent half her life in New York City before moving up to St. Albans, Vermont, where black people make up 2.52% of the population. Winnie has family all over the country, and she has a lot of family members who have been harassed by the police, which is what I went to talk with her about. But it's not what we talked about. Instead, we talked about God and about slavery, two things that have a profound impact on how Winnie thinks about just about everything else, including police brutality. Winnie is my favorite kind of Christian, the radically tolerant, loving kind, the seven days a week kind of Christian. I asked her why she'd want to talk with a middle-aged white lady about slavery and police brutality, and this is what she said. I'm a middle-aged black woman. How about that? (laughs) You know, we we should say that. You know, I'm sitting sitting in a nice environment, trees, a little waterfall with fishes inside, a middle-aged black woman, but not a middle-aged woman, and we're having a conversation. And I would cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for my crown. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Here's Winnie Wilkinson. Mm. I was born in the Caribbean. My family relocated to the United States. We lived in Queens, New York. I got married and then I lived in Long Island. And I used to work on Wall Street, New York. And um, after 9-11, I relocated to Vermont because I read a newspaper article of times that Vermont is the best place to live and so I find that was very intriguing I just needed a different pace a change of life and when I arrived here as a black woman I was the only black woman around it was strange for me because I have an accent and um, I had to try to communicate to the best way I can And at the beginning, it was very difficult because people were not accustomed to hearing an accent, a black woman with this accent. So I had to adopt. And everywhere I go, I I seek to be a member of the Assemblies of God Church because that is the religion that I grew up in and that's the religion my family is in. And um, when I went to the church here, even the worship and everything was totally different. And so even being a Christian woman, I had to adapt to a different, totally different environment in the Assemblies of God Church. How was the, the feeling different or the experience of church different here? Church is when you put on your best because you go into the house of God, you know, and I wore my hat, I wore my stockings, I wore my shoes, my best dress, I had on my gloves. And um, I was the only person that dressed like that. That was a shock. And the atmosphere was more like quiet. 
people, um, the pastor preaches and no one, everyone just sit there and they listen. Nothing, you know, amen, no hallelujah or nothing. That was strange to me because um, at one time I wanted to get up and say hallelujah, but then I knew that no one else does that here. This is not the environment. So my church, my church experience, if the Holy Spirit is moving, the pastor would preach a long time then and it's loud, it's not... Um, you know, if the preacher is preaching and he said something that moves you, you could stand up and say, Amen, Hallelujah. And that is perfectly fine. So that was a big difference. The difference of uh, what I know from back in the Caribbean as well as in New York, even in Atlanta, where I visited other states where there is a high population of minority people. Um, so here, even fitting into the church atmosphere here, was different, totally different than what I am accustomed to in the Assemblies of God. How is it so different? How can I fit in? And so it quests, the quest of me just searching to who I am, why I'm here, how can I thrive in this environment? And when I was growing up, Jesus was dark. But then as I get older, Jesus became whiter and whiter. And his hair became straight and part in the middle and is no longer a, a nappy with his fro. And, and that, that really messed with my thinking a lot. And so it put me on a path of soul searching. Who am I? My origin, my origin my ancestors and my Christianity. And I remember asking an older family member, my auntie, who's now dead also, Auntie Jeannie, why is it that we have so much color in the family? Like we're not like straight up dark, you know, some families straight up dark, straight up light, but we have these, these patches. And then she said, oh, she said, because of um, the different owners or different owners and I said speak no more I know I said but I'm gonna do a DNA test and I'm gonna find out exactly where my my lineage where that came from and so hence I uh, my DNA test came back and we from Ghana and I wanted to know more about how how they traveled who they were what they went through. Then I had the urge to go there to find out. I knew, even before I got to Ghana, that I wanted to visit the dungeons. There's where the slaves um, were held, the women, the children, as well as um, the men. I wanted to visit this particular place where life end as well as begun, as well as transported. So I went. It was, again, a tour guide that showed you, you know, and um, we went down the stairs, and I went down those stairs into the men's dungeon, and it was dark. It was dust. And, um, you know, I was hearing all these stories and I was moved to move, remove my sneakers. 
and my socks and I had my feet in the sand. I remember touching the walls. And um, as the tour guide told us to look up, there was this little hole, seven inches by seven inches hole. And um, he said, that hole is right in the church. There's where they used to throw the food Sunday after service. When they finish eating, then they throw that food through that hole. And whatever liquid they don't need, they throw it through that hole. The slave masters and their family that attend the church. And so I always remember looking at that hole and the sinking feeling I had. And immediately thought about the strength that someone had to fight to get in position to get the leftovers that were coming through that hole, to get just a tip of that water that was coming through that hole. <laughs> the, the problem became very personal because you see, as I touched the earth and I listened to the strength that the people that left that dungeon alive, how strong they were. And the people that even made it to, 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 to Canada or to the U.S. or to wherever in the world, the strength that they had. And I, it, it was crystal clear at that point that if someone is racist, and I say no to them, how it agitates them because of this superiority that exists in their mind of what I should be, or why it didn't matter how qualified black brown person is, or Native American is, why we can't rise to the top. It brought it crystal clear as to why they had to have the formative action so that you could get to about this level, just a little piece, just you look through that hole and that little crumb that coming through the hole. It brought it back to reality as to why during my work history, I could only get to this level, but that hole, just a little crumb. And I sat there just my this is dirt sandy loose going through my feet we went to the door of no return and there was this big lock on this door and the sound of this door clicking open and then you see the water the door the point of no return is a door that opens up and you go and the ship would have been right there there's water there's a deck and the ship would have been right there that you go on to but you had to get inspected and then the tour guide said this is where the slaves came here's where we where they used to put the shea butter a lot of people don't know the history of shea butter but shea butter came from Ghana that's what used to oil us down so we look presentable and so they would oil you down. A, a fellow slave had to oil, a lighter skinned slave. 
are to all you down. Present before the buyer. The women were on the left and the men were on the right. And then he showed you, you know, the ship come in. And if you're not good enough, you did not go back through that door. You were thrown overboard. You were not good enough to go on the ship. The God that I serve is loving. Where was the God that they serve? Not everybody that goes to church is a Christian. The slave master would want to have sex with you and still worship God. And you still be the demon. In your definition or experience of Christianity, what must be present in order to be Christian? Love. Love. You're supposed to love all of God's creation. You should love all of God's people. The gay, the straight, the fat, the thin, the tall, the brown, every human being, even the people that are hard to love. And trust me, I've met a lot of them. Is God's creation is placed here for a reason just like you. And if you don't love, you have missed the boat of whatever, Buddha, Hindu, Allah, whoever you, if you miss the boat of love, you have missed the boat of what religion is. The slave owners that you talk about in the, above the dungeon, mm -hmm. worshiping above the dungeon were Christian and there's a strong legacy of racism in certain American Christian institutions. Yes, yes. What do you say about that hypocrisy or how, how, how do you reconcile okay. that? You can't be a Christian and hate me, hate the brown, black, poor people. The two just cannot go. You cannot be a Christian and be a racist. When a person could stand with a Bible, do you read the Bible? Holding the Bible up means nothing. The Bible is an instruction book. So right now my concern is my first generation. Just like how the generation before me don't need us being born under the British flag, be that legacy that follows us. I, certain things I need to stop at my generation, don't let it prolong into my other generation. The last one that really yeah. left my thinking is when I see a whole family, the mom and all children down to a five-year-old child yeah. on the ground with handcuffs because they, the cops said the car was stolen. It ended up to be false. Now, this is a family where the boys, as well as the girls, saw their mom in handcuffs. And this child's first experience with the cop is in handcuffs. Now, the mental torture 
and the mental being of this, these children and this family is not being addressed. I have grandsons and great-grandchildren that have been subjects of police brutality unto death. D-E-A-T-H. And it hurts when you have to, uh, having a big family and you have to have this chain a calling to make sure that they're where they're at. Yeah. Well, don't go on this street. When you drive, keep your hands on the steering wheel. If you get pulled over, don't look at a cop unless he asks you. Just speak to him. Yes, sir. No, sir. But George Floyd said, yes, sir. No, sir. Eight minutes, 46 seconds. He was still saying, so he cried for his mama. He asked for a drink of water. He defecated on himself with a knee to his neck. Another cop with a knee to his back, another cop with a knee to his foot, and another cop with his hands on his hip and his guns, making sure that no one comes to help this man that is dying right before our very eyes. We look over in Iraq and we say that's barbaric. But police brutality is barbaric. That's the news or the message I want to bring across. I want to get in good trouble. And my good trouble is showing love. If you're a Christian, love me like the way I love you. Amazing grace. How sweet. The sound. And when we got to face each other spiritually, what are you going to say to me? Are you going to say that we serve the same God? On that side, when we no longer have this flesh and we no longer have this mind and we no longer are corrupt and we are one, you're going to realize that I waste a lot of time on hate was blind but now I see that was Winnie Wilkinson I want to thank my friend David Glidden for introducing me to her when you sing an amazing grace it's personal because my amazing grace might be different to Mark as I may break my leg and be like amazing grace how sweet that sound. At least it's broken in two pieces. <laughs> but I'll, you know, if you, you have know a comment, I, mean? I would love to hear from you. Your responses are really part of the point. You can leave a comment at the bottom of the show page on my website, rumblestripvermont.com. And if you have a minute to make a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if that's even possible, that is great too. It helps other people find the show. Rumblestrip is a proud member of Hub and Spoke a collective of independent podcasts from around the country. You can learn more about the shows at hubspokeaudio.org. I will be back soon with new shows. This is Erica. Thanks a lot for listening.